Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey, everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff here. This is Rich Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I'm Mr. Davis. I wake up, honestly, every Thursday morning so excited to talk about AEW. And I'm joined by Luke Warm, Luke Owen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. Mr. Davis, how the devil are you? Yeah, I'm good. I got my fix of AEW. But shortly before this podcast, I ate a macro munch, which is like this. It's like a, a millionaire. You're gonna have to. You, I was gonna say you're gonna have to go a little bit further. You can't just say macro munch as if that's a normal thing. They were something that I was addicted to about two years ago. This little little mm. chocolatey treat, macro munch, full of protein. It's like a really gourmet protein bar, and I thought I'm being healthy. Let's kick off this year the right way with all the good food, and let's make it tasty, because that's where I've failed in the past. I've just gone for healthy food, and that gets so goddamn boring after several days. So I'm having more tasty things in, little treats, and it's not as good as I remember it. Oh, no. No. Oh, no, man. I feel a little bit saddened by it. I, had a, I, I think I put too much, too much, on the millionaire shortbread cake, the macro munch. How, how do you mean you put a little bit too much on it? I just uh, too much hope. <laughs> right. Sorry. I thought you meant like you were putting extras on it, like hundreds and thousands or something. Hot sauce. No. <laughs> exactly. No, no. You ever dude. get that, guys? When you put oh, just too much hope on a chocolate bar? <laughs> dude, I literally had it last night. So um, I'm just there finishing up work last night and uh, my wife rat-a-tat-tats on the door, uh, walks into the office and just looks at me and just goes, I want pizza. Mm. And I was like, I was like, oh, what? Like takeaway pizza. And she's like, yeah, but oh. I've looked and mind, we've moved out to the country now. So we've got to get used to the non-London lifestyle. Like in London, you know, oh, okay. So where we are now, there are seven takeaways that will deliver to us. 
in, in total, there are seven places and two of them are the same company. There are pizza brands. In uh, when we were living in London, there were seven different pizza restaurants. There were like seven different Afghan restaurants that were delivered to you, right? You've gone from so, Netflix back to Blockbuster. Not even what, Blockbuster. Mean, it's no, like it's the it's section a held off license that had uh, a little uh, rotating rack of about yes. eight video cassettes. That's exactly it. One of them is always the wizard. So that's what we've gone back to, right? So I then did a little Google. And like the problem with the pizza place that is they don't do gluten-free bases. And my wife is gluten intolerant. Oh, so you can't have dietary requirements out in the sticks. I know, right? She's a gluten-free vegan as well. Oh. Child Ball's worst nightmare. You'd be laughed um, out of Kent. But you know what, though? Our local pub, when it opens, which is the oldest pub in Kent, does gluten-free pizzas. Vegan pizzas as well. So... There is a place, but they aren't doing deliveries at the moment. They're only doing deliveries on their meat-based takeaways. Oldest pub in Kent challenge. I was born and rise, raised in Kent. I so confidently. And I don't it is the oldest in something. Maybe it's the oldest in this town. I the the pub that I was thrown out of after finishing <laughs> my GCSEs because I was so underage was a 12th century pub at the bottom of the, the school street in Dartford. Uh, so we went down to the plough, which would serve you. <laughs> uh, the oldest pubs in Kent, where oldest they are pubs now, in Kent. last year. Um, it's not going to change. Probably last year's that. one will be... Oh, the, it's not the old in, in Westbeer. I don't even know where that is. 1348. I think... Uh, it's in, I swear, it's, anyway, my Dartford pub old, is older than that. It's the oldest pub in something. Um, it's been in here since the 17th century. It's the only pub in the village. Continues to play an important role in the local community, support, sponsoring darts and football teams and local charities. Anywho, so that's, uh, <laughs> anyway, that's not the point of my story. Point of my story is, I then looked at the, the big chains. I looked at the Domino's. They wouldn't deliver. Uh, I could go and do a collection. Oh, Domino's. They won't deliver to us. So oh, I was like, well, I could go and do a collection, but they're not doing gluten-free bases, right? But Pizza Hut are. Mm. So Pizza Hut are doing, then they won't deliver, but they will do collection and they will do a gluten-free base uh, and with vegan cheese. So that's grand. Grand old time, right? So I say to my wife, it's fine. We'll get it from Pizza. I'll just go and drive and collect it. It's not that far away. It is the next town over, but it's not too bad, right? Well, you're not allowed to drive to the next town. Well, it's but it's you'll get arrested. We're all tier four. I mean, I have to. I don't have a supermarket here. I have to go to the next town to go to a supermarket. So we're all in tier four. So that like Kent is considered as one thing, despite the fact that it's pretty much the entire southeast of England. It is just that one area, and it's all considered the same thing. So. I jump in the car, I drive. It's a 20-minute drive to collect it. Just one way? Yeah. 10 minutes into the journey, I get the text to say, it's ready. So 10 minutes minutes more, I get there and I pick it up. Then it sits in my car and I drive back another 20 minutes. So by this point, it has been out of the oven for half an hour. So I like rush through the door and I hand it to my wife. She's like, do you want a plate? I was like, there's no time for plate. Just sit down. (laughs) Shove it in her mouth. (laughs) And while it was good, Mm. not going to say it was bad. I did enjoy myself. It's not a steaming hot pizza. It's not like a pizza that's just come fresh out the oven. 
because it's been out the oven for half an hour. It's I not feel cold, for, yeah. but it's not hot either. How did how did your lovely wife feel about that? She was you know what? she would just wanted pizza so bad. I think she was fine with it, but I was yeah. super excited. Mm-hmm. And I, you know me, I love a classic mug, love a classic mug pizza from. A why complicate pizza. it? Like, why complicate things? And it didn't quite live up to the hope that I wanted it. You know I love pizza. This hurts me. I can really empathise with you. There's nothing worse than a disappointing pizza. And uh, I knew you would. That's why I wanted to tell you this story in particular, because I knew you would be disappointed on my behalf. I read something. You know, like, there's a lot of pizza debates. Should you put pineapple on, stuffed crust, margarita pizza? I, You know, I'm like, c'est la vie. Do what you want with the pizza. I don't mm-hmm. mind if Samoa Joe wants. I think I'm pretty sure Samoa Joe said he loves uh, pineapple and ham pizza. Uh, I'm a stuffed crust guy. We're both margarita guys. I fold, but I, I have no ill will against you if you want to use a knife and fork. If you're a posh pizza eater, <laughs> cold out the fridge the next day, heated up, old. I don't mind that either. I finally found something that I disagreed with pizza etiquette wise. Is it ranch dressing? Someone had asked on Reddit, my husband, that, who, that they've been with for ages, but she's only just seen him do this. And apparently he's done it forever, but she's already married to him. And it's not enough for the grounds for divorce. They got a takeaway pizza, piping hot, just like he wanted. A little too hot for her husband. He ran it under a cold tap. What? What are you even saying? What do you mean? Do you mean he runs it under a cold tap? He ran it under a cold tap. Well, shook like, it off. Finger. And like, he's, oh, you got to run that under a cold tap quickly. Yeah. And there was a slice of pizza. Apparently, why? if you do it at, at the right flow, it's not going to take any of the toppings with it. To cool it down, that's oh, why. Man. I mean, it's obvious. I just don't like what. I wouldn't do wet. it. But it's wet. Like, sh- like wet anyway, like the pizzas you've, I get. You've before. created a different problem, though. You've created mm. a different problem. Yeah, out of the frying pan and into the fire. Yeah, no, sorry, I'm not on board for that, I'm afraid. Uh, yeah, I thought that was disgusting. I, you know, I, I thought I'd seen it all when it came to pizza, but just humanity finds new sickening ways to turn my stomach. Well, let's have that an open challenge. Email in support at wrestletalk.com. Do you have a worse take on pizza? Don't send us ranch dressing because Denise gets so much crap for that online. <laughs> and, it's, and it's perfectly fine for her to dip pizza in, in ranch dressing. Yeah. Um, but uh, before we do get into the main show, so do send in your uh, emails about pizza. I did get this email, uh, not an email, a message from uh, John Wells on Twitter that just said, uh, at this is Luke Owen, please don't recount any more dentist stories on the podcast oh. in the future as it's like nails down a chalkboard and makes me cringe and feel actually stick in my stomach. Feel better though, looking forward to the AEW podcast. I would listen to your wheezy hole of a tooth story. <laughs> Every day of the week over a man running a hot pizza under a cold tap. Oh! And on that bombshell, here is the AEW review. Uh. 
a coffin drop from the second rope to the outside onto the steel steps. A powerbomb after three consecutive powerbombs over the top rope onto the stage. Being lifted over Brian Cage's head in an overhead press position and then thrown over the top rope, sailing over the ring post, through a collection of tables that really should have had the chairs removed before that spot was done. Darby Allen and Brian Cage main evented last night's episode of Dynamite with an absolutely terrific big man versus small man match for the TNT title. I'm Mr. Davis. I'm joined by lukewarm Luke Owen. We are going to be reviewing AEW Dynamite right now. But first, let's talk about the main event of the show. Which was terrific. Um, hey, do you know what? Shout out AEW Bias in the chats or, or whatever it is uh, that the people, the kids do these days. I bloody loved this episode of AEW. I bloody love Dynamite, mate. I, abs- I, I, I just think it's the best weekly wrestling show. I just think it's terrific. And I thought that this uh, main event was an awesome way to end off what was overall an awesome show. I just, I, I just love this episode, mate. And it's like the least best episode of the last two months. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I didn't see the episode where like the like the Bullet Club reformed. I didn't see the one with Kenny Omega versus Ray Phoenix. Uh, but I did see this one, which was like didn't have those moments. But you know what? Hey, man, it was bloody brilliant. They won it. The this main event between Brian Cage and Darby Allen was uh, this is a match that's been nine months in the making. Is it that like, long? That's what they were saying on commentary. Yeah, wow. it's been nine yeah, months. from when Taz first approached Darby to. Yes. to- for him to be his trainer, but he went for Brian yeah. Cage instead. Which, so I don't know if you saw, so the finish of this match, have you seen this thing from Reddit? Uh, I've seen many things from Reddit. I, I saw I... Uh, a meme where a man wore a cap on his face to look like Batman. <laughs> okay. Well, this, uh, this, a few people said this to me from Reddit. Um, so the crucifix finish, the finish of this match was. Darby Allen locking in the crucifix bomb from the second rope and then pinning Brian Cage after being absolutely battered and bruised throughout the entire thing, right? And a few people sent it to me on Reddit. So I'm going to read this verbatim. Great callback with the crucifix finish. The Daz Darby rivalry started when Darby tried to pin Cody with the crucifix and couldn't hold him, getting pinned himself. Afterwards, Taz interviewed Darby and was trying to tell him what he did wrong with the move, offering uh, offering some coaching. Darby walked away saying he knew what he did wrong and he didn't need to hear it, which has pissed off Taz and that put Darby in his crosshairs. Now he pins Taz's client, Taz's client using a crucifix done correctly, showing Taz he did know what he did wrong and he did it right this time and picked up the win. Mm. <laughs> Right, like the levels of complexity and thought, and just what a beautiful, subtle way to wrap up this storyline that wasn't really shoved down your throat. I mean, if anything, I get you know, there's nothing stopping Excalibur saying that. Uh, maybe did and I missed it, but I mean, that's that's why I think we all love AEW here. Is because they do stuff like that. They put so much time and attention and care into their storylines. That stuff, this is, you know, this felt like a mini pay-per-view from the opening mm-hmm. of the show, even though it's a TV episode. We're a month, uh, sort of a month gone 
from Winter is Coming, which was their last sort of monthly TV pay-per-view. It feels like we're really getting those TV pay-per-views on a monthly basis now, apart from when you've got the actual pay-per-view pay-per-views. Yeah, uh, we're getting one in a couple of weeks. Mm. Yeah, beach break on, on like February 2nd. February well, being a, a classic time to go to the beach. Yeah. <laughs> well, beach break is, yeah, that's another TV one. Then you've got Revolution at the end of February as well, remember. So mm. it's, it's a great way to keep feuds bubbling. You know, like not every feud needs to culminate at a pay-per-view pay-per-view. And that's this is a perfect example of that. Derby versus Taz and by proxy, Ricky Starks, Brian Cage, Willie Mack. Like it's not Willie, Willie Mack. Mack. <laughs> Powerhouse Hobbs. Powerhouse Hobbs. <laughs> Will Hobbs. I'm calling him Luke Hobbs all the time to now calling him Willie Mack. I went, all right, it's not Luke. It's not Luke. It's Will. And my mind went at elsewhere. Unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but You've had this entire storyline going all that time and like so many other layers to it. Uh, last week's was last, last week's segment was just a standard way in, not a contract signing. But that it and it, it was more filler than anything, but it did such a good job of illustrating how much bigger Brian Cage is than Darby. A hundred pounds bigger with and, and Taz pointed this out. Darby's even got the belt on. So the hundred pound difference is even more. And in this match, at one point, to get the big guy down to turn the momentum, Darby used that very belt to tie Brian Cage's ankles together. Yeah. Oh, there's just there were so many things in this match that I absolutely just just loved, and I loved how Darby Allen's you know he's the underdog in this match. They were putting it over on commentary. JR was very hard on this. Was just like he has always been the underdog. He is getting you know he's. He's the underdog in this fight. There was a line from Excalibur when he's like defending Darby Allen. He said, Darby has been dealing with bullies his entire life. Taz, who is on commentary, just flatly responds, he's had his ass kicked by bullies his entire life. And he's getting his ass kicked again here by Brian Cage. But Darby, you know, he used his smarts. He used his speed, like particularly right at the start, you know, with the dives and everything until uh, Cage caught him. So instead he switches up his tactics and is just like, well, cool. I'll just goad him into mistakes then. So uh, Brian, it was a pretty he, extreme form of rope dope, if you ask what, me. Dude, like that's what he was doing. He was every time Brian Cage hit him with a big move, he kicked out at one and then flipped him off, right? Gave him the finger, which just kept making Brian Cage mad. It was just and so Brian Cage then lost his temper and Taz was on commentary talking about like how he's got to keep his cool, he's got to keep he's on top here. He can't let these his emotions get the better of him. And he did let the emotions get the better of him. He went and got the steel steps, and the steel steps ended up being his downfall. Mm. Because that's how that's how Darby managed to make more of a comeback, hit the coffin drop onto those steps, and then hit the crucifix bomb. So Darby, I I mean, I think commentary put this across. Maybe I just read into this, but I felt it was Darby was making Cage mad, like trying to piss him off essentially, so he would make a mistake. And that would be his because speed didn't work, tying his legs together didn't work. So I'm going to plan C. I thought it was more just Darby, Darby can't be killed. You know, he's dead already. So he was doing these kickouts at one. That wasn't like a master bit of strategy for me. It was, I am, I, you just, I, you can't beat me. Like I will I'm keep relentless. kicking out until I am absolutely unconscious. Uh, and, you know, a kick out at one is effectively a near fall, but it just, in this, in this sort of context, I suppose. But yeah, cause like what I loved about this match and I, I loved it so much on a, on a show with some great matches as well. 
and this stood out as something special. Uh, alongside the Phoenix Omega match from last week, which is my other favorite TV match of the year so far, is, is this was such an old-fashioned, perfect big man, small man match. This is Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio. You know, it's that kind mm -hmm. where Brian Cage is just destroying Derby. Like some of those spots, I listed through them at the start of the show. I was yelping. Because and, yeah. and you, get, you get this a lot with Derby. Like he takes things... That I've I've never really seen done before. Uh, that they're, they're, they're almost like indie style spots. He he's he does stuff that no one else is doing right now. He's got a bit of Spike Dudley about him. I, I saw someone say this on on Twitter, sort of compared him. He's Spike Dudley with an Evanescence playlist. Mm -hmm. he is just because the, he just crumples when he takes bumps. The spot and and the, the most Spike Dudley thing he did in this match was when Brian Cage had him above his head and just threw him like he was nothing. In like an ECW show, he would have been caught by a crowd and the crowd surfed around, right? You know, the, the classic Spike Dudley spot. But we don't have a crowd here, so, uh, you know, he just threw him through a table. Like this table on the outside that just exploded into a billion pieces, Derby included. And like he comes out and he's bleeding and everything. And it was like, that was, that spot one of this match. And it only, as of escalated from that, I just thought it was so terrific. So that spot actually came after, like, you know, this, we're talking first minute. Darby is doing this, this really going fast at the start, and he runs through the ropes to hit a dive. Brian Cage catches the dive midair. So Darby is parallel to the floor. Like, you know, he, he comes out horizontally. Brian Cage catches him there, holds him for a bit, deadlift picks him up into a suplex and suplexes him on the floor. And I thought, man, that's great. Uh, little did I know my that that thrill would be topped several times over uh, in the course of this match. There was a moment I wrote this in my own notes when he I wrote uh, Brian Cage suplexes Derby from the floor into the ring. No, that's not a typo because what he did <laughs> is he started the suplex on the floor, then he walked around the ring, walked up the steps onto the stage, and then just threw him into the ring. Like, it's just, it's incredible strength from Cage. But, like, it's, you know, Darby is involved in all that as well because he's got to keep that core strength to, to keep his um, legs in the air. Cage is great, man. Like, mm. Cage is so, so good. Like, not to take, I don't want to take anything away from him in this match. You know, he did come out the loser, but he didn't come out this looking bad at all. He came out of this looking amazing. The same we did in the Moxley match as well. I just think that he is something really, really special. Yeah, I think everyone came out looking really strong here. Uh, because the, the nature of the finish, that it was kind of a technical one-upmanship, makes me think, ah, but if Brian just got a few more power moves, which is his strength, he could win next time. And it's just like, I am I'm amazed that AEW can, well, or, or any wrestling promotion can make me believe in such a size difference so much. We'll talk about it again later with Marco Stunt fighting FTR. Like, they're booked in such a way where it comes off as realistic. And I'm not there like, ah, but this is, you know, they wouldn't fight each other in boxing or the UFC. The weight classes are too different. I'm there, I'm there on the edge of my seat, genuinely thinking, oh, if Darby can just do this, he can beat a guy over 100 pounds more than him. And yeah. yeah, that gives you the thing where at the end, I'm not, it wasn't like, ah, Brian, Brian Cage won't and shouldn't challenge for the TNT title for a while now. I think we're all like this this is good because I think the the team Taz staring at some combination of Cody, Darby and Sting has run its course. 
So now they can go on to something else, and I'm excited about that. But this... Oh, I don't think they're done yet. Uh, no, you think they're going for it? Should I, we talk I about the Sting thing, then? <laughs> yeah, I, guess, I still think we're heading to a six-man of Cody, Sting, and Darby versus Team Taz. Mm. Well, I'm sure they've got something up their sleeves then, but that was, you know, it's felt quite repetitive. In, mm. Oh, in, yeah, completely. Yeah, in recent weeks. Like, the only thing on Dynamite that really has. Uh, Ricky Starks tried to interfere. Lights cut out, come back up. Sting hits Ricky Starks with the bat. So that was the first time Sting got physical, really, in all of this mm -hmm. time. And then he, he stands with Derby victorious at the end. So he didn't interfere in the actual match, but he stopped someone else from interfering. Um, but yeah, that you yeah. think that's going to build towards a trios. I, I just feel like there's you. they're doing so much with Team Taz and Sting, and I don't think that the end of that story is just, while well, Sting stopped um, Ricky Starks from interfering in a match. Like I, I feel that they have got something up their sleeve, whether it is Cody and Darby versus Team Taz, or whether it's Cody, uh, sorry, Darby and Sting versus members of Team Taz. But I just feel like a trios match makes the most sense of Cody, Sting, and Darby versus Powerhouse Hobbs, Cage, and Ricky Starks. And you know, and they do that at Revolution. You have the big Sting in ring return, his first match since the Seth Rollins one. I, I. Why else do you bring in Sting, I guess? Like, what else do you have him do? You can't just have him come down and, you know, make snowfall and piss Taz off. He's got to stare at people. <laughs> I know, but there's only so much you can do that. Like, me and Laurie said this on um, the episode that you went on, which is just that, yeah, Sting came out and he stared at someone, which is cool. Like, you know, it, it is cool, but you do want to use that, like, that sparingly, because if you do it every week, it becomes less special. It shows how, like, the just collective attention span is shortened because WCW did that for a year in the mid-90s. <laughs> and it's been going, what, like just over a month? We're like, oh, I'm bored. When's he going to hit bored. someone with the bat? Wrestle already. <laughs> um, I, I think there's a lot of trio stuff going on right now. I think that match could be really interesting in the first or second round of the trios tournament. So it comes out, it comes about as a function of the promotion rather than a blood feud. Um, but I'm I'm sort of over this. I'm, but hey, let's let's see what happens because, you know, AEW are very good at making me like stuff, even when I think it's sort of dumb. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Do you like quizzes? Do you like wrestling? Do you like watching self-professed experts in their fields being exposed as dangerous frauds? Then you'll love Quizzle Mania, brought to you by Parts Fun Known, the team behind acclaimed wrestling RPG No Rolls Barred. Join us every week as four wrestling pundits pit their knowledge against each other in a cerebral wrangle for prizes, glory, and a bit of good old-fashioned escapism. Enjoy the videos live every Wednesday on Parts Fun Known's YouTube channel, or subscribe right now to have them beam straight to your mobile device. Quizzlemania, it's the showcase of the Amorons. Uh, shall we see what everyone thinks on the Omega chats? From North Carolina. I love that. I, it, was, it was us thinking he's going to team with FTR. I know, right? We also there, but like, I, and I blame Nate for that. Like, I blame yeah. Nate. You were sending us messages being like, this is 100% FTR references. Like, you, you guys are missing out on this. It's definitely FTR references. And we went, we looked, it was like, Nate, I think you're right. Absolutely. <laughs> Bang on the banana there. Kenny doesn't just put things like that in. Every detail matters. And then Kenny says, oh, no, that, that one doesn't matter. That's literally <laughs> just a Michael Jordan reference. Oh, God damn it. I, I looked at the photo of, of Don Callis's uncle in your yeah. interview segment you did four months ago. Anyway, uh, let's see what the Omega Chats have to say. Get all of your Omega Chats into WrestleTalk.com forward slash support or read out every single one of them before the end of the show. Leon Kwashi says that cage and derby match was everything that the Brock and Ricochet showdown should have been. Also, Conti versus Deeb was magnificent. Serena really proving her worth to the women's division. And look how far Conti has improved. I had the exact same note uh, watching that match. She was great in that match. But, you know, I mean, Deeb was awesome as well. But yeah, Conti looked absolutely brilliant. Uh, and yeah, on the Brock and Ricochet stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, you do, you do that match... And whoever wins it, they're obviously they win. And whoever loses is over because they took the other person to their limit. That was not the intention of what happened at Super Showdown. And, you know, reportedly, Ricochet hasn't re signed. I mean, would you? Like, no. 
at this point? I mean, you know, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but his contract reportedly expires this month. If it expires, there's no 90-day non-compete. And, you know, maybe break. Been, I was going to say, maybe he's just been keeping quiet. Like, mm. just keeping, like, because, you know, the report last year was that he was, you know, considering leaving once his contract expired. And he did that classic thing where he went out and be like, oh, the dirt sheets are reporting that uh, <laughs> I'm leaving WWE. Clearly, they need to get better sources. That's not the case. You know, kind of like how Brian Cage said that he hadn't signed with AEW, even though he had signed with AEW, but the dirt sheets were wrong. It's a shoot work. It's a work shoot. Exactly. Keith Lee did the same thing. I'm not signed with WWE. I'm not signed with them at all. I have. FH. Another solid card. Great matches. Although eventually, I'd like the big guys to get a few major wins, such as Archer and Cage. By the way, thanks for the entertainment, guys. Started watching Wrestle Talk in 2020 and has become a regular fixture for me. Jam that jam. Thank you, Thank FH. You very much. That's very, very kind of you. Um, yeah, I mean, but they are getting wins, really. Like they, they showed Brian Cage's win loss record is 14 and one. You know, and that's been, you know, just less than a year that he's been here. So this he's now just 14 and two. So, yeah, he's had quite a lot of. But I, I guess what they mean is like winning titles. Yeah. Or, or like a big blood feud. Like I I, I do take FH's point. Yeah. Lance so Archer and Brian, a lot of their victories or big wins on Dynamite, at least, often come in the form of tags or squashes. It'll be nice to see. And, and their big feuds have so far culminated in titles, which they haven't won. So it would be nice to see. Yeah, I agree yeah. with FH essentially. I, I no, totally. It's, they're always that, like <laughs> the hardest to book, really, because you need to make them look super strong. Like like Lance Archer, I feel like is a really difficult character to book because yeah, he comes in and he murders people, but you can't put the title on him because it's not the right time to put the title on him. He's like, well, now what do I do? Um, it just murders people. Well, surely you get. <laughs> surely you should get a title shot. Then, yeah, but he's not ready for the title, so just murder more people, I guess. Feud with Pack. Throw a guy into the ceiling. Turn him yeah. face. Uh, Sam Wall on Jericho and the Inner Circle. When the Inner Circle came out, their nameplate says Chris Jericho and MJF with the Inner Circle. Nice. Mm -hmm. I also love the Sammy Hager joke from Jericho. All around a good episode, but the. The waiting room segment was very overwhelming, they've read, and I, I think they mean underwhelming by the way they've written it. Sammy Hager. I didn't get this. Yeah, he's a singer from, uh, oh, God, who was Sammy Hager with? It's from a Sammy hair metal band. With Sammy Hager, it was. I've never heard he, of them. Was he in Van The Hager. Red Rocker, an American singer-songwriter. Yeah, I, I can't uh, remember. Hey, Van Halen, I was right. He was in Van Halen. Oh, yeah, um, I recognize him. Um, yeah, I know from I Can't Drive 55 because it's in Back to the Future Part 2. Mm -hmm. But it's that hair metal music that I'm not a massive fan of. But yeah, that, that, that's what he was referencing. Jake Zimmers? Come on! I couldn't have been the only one to laugh at Team Sammy Hager, right? Right? God, all those years of my dad having me listen to classic rock radio instead of modern pop radio finally makes all the sense. That yeah. modern pop. Exactly. I think bands like, like Van Halen were, ended, ended up being dad rock you know, when we were sort of growing up in the 90s, they'd just released those albums like the greatest dad rock albums ever. And that'd be, that's where bands like that would be, Deep Purple, all that sort of stuff. Uh, but the WAP debate uh, sort of triggered an existential crisis in me to the extent where I'm now trying to listen to more current day pop music. And I know this isn't a really new song, but Billie Eilish is okay. I think she's hey, pretty good. Yeah. 
yeah. I think she's our re- you know, like it's it's not for me. Like I I wouldn't sit there and I wouldn't listen to it, but I do appreciate what she does. And I'm like, yeah, no, I think it, it totally works. It's good. I, I I think it's very catchy. And I really like uh if my lady partner asks me to do something, I'll say, nah, I'm not gonna do that. And she'll say, why? And I say, cause I'm a bad guy. <laughs> And I do a little twerk. <laughs> so there you go, folks. Ollie Davis, always on the current trends, uh, talking about Billie Eilish's Bad Guy, which I think was released three years ago. Hey. Right, so this episode of Dynamite kicked off with Eddie Kingston versus Pac. And this was also a big blood feud, months in the making, you know, from Pac's return, the the thing that changed the wrestling landscape. Just had to wait a couple more weeks, everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tony Khan tease that, remember. And yeah, I, I loved this match. Like it felt like a proper angry, bad blood feud. Uh, yeah. And I just, oh, I love Kingston the more and more I watch. Yeah, dude, this match was amazing. I loved the video package beforehand. I, I also, did you see the AEW Awards thing that they announced? So they they're doing basically. I feel like it's not their version of the Slammies, but they have got like I think it's with Bleacher Reports, but they're doing like these AEW Awards things, and one of them is like microfine, like the best in like the best promo essentially, right? Um, one of the t- one of them is is Cody accepting the dog collar match, and one of them is Brandy in- versus Jade Cargill. Like those two are like are listed as like the best promos of the year. Eddie Kingston is not on that list whatsoever. Like the Kingston mock stuff isn't on there. Kingston's debut promo, like they- neither of those are featured on there. But like this Brandy Jade Cargill one that I don't remember is on the list. And it was watching this match. It it's a not it doesn't mean anything because it's just, you know it's like a slammy. It's like a hall, WWE Hall of Fame induction. It doesn't actually matter. It doesn't mean anything. But watching this match made me really angry that Eddie Kingston mm-hmm. was not featured on that list because he's great. And this match doesn't like he's so so cool, man. And Pac's great too. Yeah, if it was a legit list, it would just be Kingston, 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 mocks, mm-hmm. Kingston, Kingston. Yeah. A little bit of Don Callis. Uh, but yeah, this was really good. I uh, Kingston, did this happen to you? Did you even though Kingston is such a bastard? And I, I say that knowing that Pac is the bastard. And, you know, the family, the bunny, the blade and the butcher were sort of interfering at ringside. I still felt for Eddie. Oh, I mean, that's that's an incredible moment. I didn't feel for him because I am just like, no, he is definitely the baddie in all of this. And I want to see Pac kick his ass. But, you know, like that feud with Mox has added such a tragic layer to Kingston's oh, character. Yeah. I can't shake it. Like Kingston to me is the guy I grew up with and just had a really crappy hand dealt to him since then. And he's got, but I still love the guy, but he just self-destructs every time. Steve, you know I'm talking about you. Pull it together, man. <laughs> I, I, I just get that sense. The line from that Moxley promo, when he says, I'm going to win that title from you, and I'm going to show it to my grandmother and tell her this is why she doesn't have grandkids. Like, that line still sticks with me every Kingston match mm. I watch. because It's like, yeah, this... And like the the it wasn't you know a promo that he did, but when he did the the locker room speech on the Brody show, oh. like after that Brody show, I mean Jesus Christ, it breaks your heart. 
Kingston loves this. Like this is, it's real to him. And I think maybe that's why, like you, when you were watching this match, you sort of felt a little bit bad for Eddie because yeah, I sort of want to see him win sometimes because I'm like, just, just give the man a break. <laughs> uh, but overall, this is really good. I mean, back to King, what, what a signing. Probably the best signing of the year. It's like getting, and I'm no football expert. Is it a Bosman free transfer? <laughs> <laughs> that you now that you, I don't think I've heard those words since playing Champ Manager 2, 97, 98 edition, uh, or maybe, not even, maybe even 96, 97, where, yeah, maybe that's where I last heard that phrase being used. Yeah. It's like you picked up a freebie, a, a, a grade A talent just there and you sign him up and he's amazing uh but yeah this the match was great pack one with a black arrow and then after the bell locked in the brutalizer so he still is like you know he's a tweener he's he's the he's a bad he's a bad guy what <laughs> um and someone then Lance came... someone said in the comments this is very much how do you do fellow kids <laughs> hey fellow children <laughs> uh, but after that it seemed like we were going to get a family death triangle brawl but Lance Archer came off, came out to chase him off and a stare down between Lance and Pac mm -hmm. yeah so I mean they were saying because they've had this sort of uneasy alliance because Archer hates uh, Kingston just as much as um, Pac does so they've had this sort of uneasy alliance but it, now that Pac, Pac has beaten Kingston that alliance is essentially over, and now he could, excuse me, he can turn his attention. Sorry, I had to I had lunch very quickly before I came on this podcast. Um, now that he's finished with Kingston, he can now beat up Pack and beat him up, get him out of the way, so they can go beat up Kingston again. Yeah, I think that's a number one contenders feud. I think yeah. whoever wins Pack and Archer probably going to go for the title next, and I think it's probably Pack. Well, they did say on commentary that um, Pack is one of the few people in AEW who has got a pinfall. Mm. Uh, over Kenny Omega because they had him in the the Iron Man match. You know, yeah, coming up to a people, year. Not many people who have had a pinfall victory over Kenny. So yeah, like that instead puts him in that sort of firing line for a potential number one contendership. Yeah, I reckon Beach Break or or Revolution for that. Mm. Uh, after that, we got like another sort of big payoff of a month's long storyline, kind of forced because they waited so long that one of the main guys got injured. Trent's out for like five to six months with a pectoral tear. Really bad. But silver lining to this, Chucky Taylor might be able to show those brilliant comedic chops that he has. I, I feel like he's one of the most underutilized people in AEW, uh, mm -hmm. along with like Santana and Ortiz and maybe Colt Cabana as well. I would put as, you know, the people who have been better elsewhere in my head. Uh, mm -hmm. who were just waiting for that chance here. He took on Miro, the stipulation being if he loses, he has to become Miro's butler. They said young boy last week, but I don't think that term is as well known as butler. And yeah, it was a Chucky start off strong, really good, but Miro entered squash mode and sort of just destroyed him cool. in a couple of minutes when he switched down on with these big clubbing blows, a couple of suplexes and the game over. This is the sort of performance from Miro where you're like, yes, this is what we wanted to see from Miro. Like, I think he had a bit of a rocky start in AEW because people weren't really into the best man gimmick and the partnership with Kip Sabian. And then like his first match, it looked like he sort of injured himself because he wasn't kind of moving the way he usually does. 
but I think the last few like stuff we've seen from Miro in ring, like even just you know outside attacks and stuff, he's starting to feel like the Miro that mm-hmm. we wanted to see and we got a bit desperate to see. I thought it was a great performance by him. And I think there's a lot to be, you know, I think there could be a lot of great stuff that can come out of the Kentucky gentleman as the Kentucky butler with Miro and Kip Sabian. I just hope that it actually does become something because I've got 30 days to do this. I'm hoping we get something out of this because... I mean, I'm looking at a watch. We still haven't had that bachelor party <laughs> with like, you know, Billy Mitchell and that. So I'm hoping that something does come of this. I feel like because Orange Cassidy is involved, something is going to happen. Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? For a, like, if things are dropped all the time in another company that we watch and we don't complain about it because that's just what happens. But when a tiny thing doesn't happen right away, we're like, hey, W, what the hell? Yeah, because um, like the wedding's in a couple of weeks. Like we still haven't had this yeah. bachelor party. Uh, so after that, we got Dasha speaking to Matt Hardy and Private Party backstage. This was just a way to talk about the contracts that Private Party signed to make Matt Hardy their agent. They didn't read the fine print. It gives him fifty percent of third party earnings. So it's a and, hmm? yeah, and thirty percent of their regular earnings as well. So it's like a jab at WWE's contract statuses. I think me, like four years ago, I'd be lapping this up like, oh, it was a shoot. Um, But now, I don't know, it just isn't grabbing me. I find I'm actually like, nah, you don't have to do the WWE jabs. I think it's because like like they've all done it. Mm. Like if this had been the first time that they'd made reference to the, the Twitch stuff, then it probably would have had an impact. But like when they made the, the Twitch ban, the WWE Twitch ban, like... Miro and Kip Sabian were making jokes about it. And then I think there was another group of lads that were making jokes about it. So like the jokes have been done and yeah, it's just like, yeah, cool. I've, I've, I've heard this routine before, but and I know there's a few people I've seen have been quite down on Matt Hard now just being a heel, just apropos of nothing is just a heel now. And, you know, I'm, 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 I'm glad to see the private party are getting something uh, to do and they're in action next week with Matt Hardy. So, you know, something good could come of this, but I, I didn't really like this much. Hmm. Uh, something I did like, though, was the Inner Circle New Year's resolutions. They all came out to stand in the ring together for the first time in 2021. They look awesome. Seven of them in a row. They look genuinely badass. And because of so many of them, it seems for the next couple of months, they're only going to fight each other. They uh, all outlined what their resolutions are. Hager debuted his new catchphrase. He just steps forward and goes, championships, yeah! (laughs) Um, MJF wants to strengthen the bonds that he's formed within this group and get rid of fat people. Um, (laughs) What do you think about this? Because, you know, like fat shaming not very popular these days quite mean-spirited it's mjf exactly exactly he's a heel he's mj i mean you can't get mad at mjf fat shaming him when he was shouting at brody's son on like his dad's tribute show like do you know what i mean like like that is like that that's a heel move Mm. like shout at a kid who's grieving because his dad just died and like so you can do this big shoot angle thing at the end and then be like also get rid of fat people you can't then have a pop at mjf but like oh man don't go after the fat kids though I'm not saying I'm. I love it. It's kind of cathartic to see a heel be so genuinely heelish. Mm. Uh, so yeah, good. Yeah. 
Good. Oh, dude, yeah, I had no problem with it whatsoever. Um, Ortiz has a recipe, his grandmother's recipe, that he wants to perfect. And Jericho reveals that he and MJF are going to go after the tag team titles. And I started to write in my notes, huh, that's weird, because he said that him and Hager were going to go after the tag team titles not that long ago. And then who should pop up but Sammy Guevara, who said, guys, you said we used to be a tag team. You said you were going to be a tag team with Hager. Now you're a tag team with MJF. And He's absolutely right. And then, but my favorite thing is, what are you going to do? Team with Snoop Dogg next. And Jericho <laughs> just goes, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but in like a, such a maybe. Like maybe. it wasn't like a, an aggressive way. It was like a bashful girl. <laughs> <laughs> if, the, if the opportunity arises, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I loved it. I was doing the exact same thing. I was writing down, oh, it's a bit weird with the Hagus. And then they called it out right away. And then it was just, yeah, it was really funny, just classic in a circle funny goofy but actually feels it's so character driven everything and it sets up like everything makes perfect sense within this honor-based heel faction that they now have jericho says next week it'll be a three-way to decide who is the official tag team of the inner circle yeah so it's it's sammy hager sammy uh, and jake hager versus uh santana and ortiz versus jericho and mjf now i want it to be santana and ortiz that win <laughs> because they're the best, right? Like, they're the, the best, the it's, best, the best. But it, it's going to be Jericho and MJF that win, because that makes the most sense. But I do want it to be Santana and Ortiz, because I'm kind of, I'm I'm sick of them not being, like, the best team in AEW, like, because they're so good. Mm -hmm. real, yeah, real, I, I know what you mean, but realistically... I'm more I'm more into MJF and Jericho winning, which they oh, yeah. probably will, because it's that, you know, that what a storyline. How will they coexist? And I think they'll pin Sammy. Like I think that's they will mm. pin Sammy next week because yeah. again, that that makes the most logical storyline sense. But yeah, I, as I said, like my my heart, like my head knows it's going to be Jericho and MJF, but my heart, my heart wants it to be LAX. Yeah. Uh, after that, we got a Dark Order promo backstage. They're full on baby faces now, as they should be. Evil Uno says they're going to be better to honour the legacy of Brody Lee. And next week, Hangman Page is going to tag with them in a three-man, so another trios thing that's happening. And after that, he'll unveil whether he's going to join the Dark Order. And then the Dark Order, so he then leaves. He walks out of shot, and the Dark Order start celebrating, like saying, he's going to join our group. Yay, he's going to join a group, and start celebrating. And then the camera just slightly pans, and Adam Page is still standing there. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> just having a whiskey just, at the bar. Just watching them. <laughs> it was at a bar. I love it. I think it's really sweet. What they're doing with the Dark Order now, and, and with the women's match later on, it's just so genuinely lovely. Mm -hmm. I, I'm yeah. so into them as friends. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> another iteration of the Dark Order, unbelievable. Um, but I love this story, and I want Hangman Page to join. I there's there's so much promise in all the different various feuds and storylines that are going on right now. Uh, we got a really good video package recapping Darby and Taz and Brian Cage for later on. Then we got, I mean, there were so many good things on the show, but this was this sort of reveal was a tour de force of fake out booking so hands in the air if you got worked by this segment i think even I, the bucks did i uh, yeah <laughs> and tony khan he was sad about it going like i don't know man but like i totally got worked by this 
Absolutely. Because they, they announced that, you know, the elites are in action. They're going to be in six-man action next week. But it was only a picture of Kenny Omega and Don Callis. And I thought to myself, what a brilliant piece of character work by Kenny Omega there. Not even putting the young bucks on the image. Like, it's just him and Callis. Like, they're the most important thing, right? What a brilliant bit of character work for them. And then when he announced that he's tagging with his best friends in the world, the good brothers i was like oh, what i totally did not see this coming and I, i'm i'm an idiot because probably i really should have done but i totally got worked by this the best reveals are the ones that were always <laughs> there right in front of your face like yep. you know you, you go back don Callis, tag team champions he's introducing he mm -hmm. says we're we're having the separate entrances the best friends in the world like you said and then carl anderson and doc gallows enter through the crowd which is you know that's their in-ring AEW debut. That's huge in and of itself. The Quizzlemania tag team champions, no less. And I think that, and I think that's why I didn't expect them to be in this match. I thought it was going to be Kenny and the Bucks because, like, well, I mean, they're going to make a big deal, aren't they? That the Good Brothers are having their AEW debut. No, they just did it, <laughs> and I totally got worked by this. And Callis talking about how the band is back together. Swerve, it's the Good Brothers. And this match that they had with the Varsity Blondes and Danny Limelight was not the squash match I was expecting it to be. Like, Varsity Blondes got quite a bit in this. And Danny Limelight, like, Kenny, like, it felt like Kenny was going out of his way to make Danny Limelight look amazing. And he succeeded in doing so. I thought this made the Varsity Blondes and Danny look really, really great, even though they'd lost in the, from the Magic Killer. And I also love the fact that they didn't play the Good Brothers music. They just, like, there was just an empty bit of silence afterwards and then they played Kenny Omega's music as if the production team going like yeah. well, what music do we play uh, we'll just play Kenny's music I th I, there's a lot of details in this I just really really enjoyed yeah and it was great to see Gallows and Anderson wrestle in AEW like that was so cool I, uh, I think the when all is said and done on Kenny's reign which will hopefully be years from now oh yeah it, forever but when he when he was IWGP champion it was like he was having these great matches with very great people, um, you know, people already of a level. But something that's like he's having, he's making younger guys look so good. And I think his legacy of this title reign, I can already see it happening, is how many younger stars he, he can build up over the course of his championship run. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think. I've loved this. I really, yeah. really enjoyed this. What was, you know, essentially a glorified squash match. I bloody loved it. Thought it was mm. really, really fun. Uh, just before we get onto the post-match angle, what, who do you think's behind this? Because I the, the Cage Side Seats review I read of this was like, huh, that they thought it was all Don Callis pulling the strings. Like that Kenny was almost blameless in this. But I think it's Kenny because the Bucks didn't get into the van with him. It's Kenny and Callis yeah. working together. Like yeah, yeah. They're, they're both the puppet masters in all of this. Like Kenny knew the young bucks, uh, sorry, that he wasn't tagging with young bucks. He knew he was tagging with the good brothers. Mm. Like he, like him and Callis are doing this. And I, I, I saw this in your review and I completely agree. It's because the bucks didn't get, like he said to them, you either get in now or when uh, this isn't happening and they didn't get in. And now you're in the situation where he's like making them kind of join their fold and the Bucks are reluctantly doing it. And in this post-match thing, the Bucks came out to like, you know, stop Mox from attacking Omega, but they weren't doing it to like protect Omega or anything. They go out to Brawl. They were just trying to stop the madness. But the Lucha Brothers super kicked them because they sort of like they are they are being involved in all of this. 
I yeah, I, I love it. Absolutely mm. love it. But yeah, like you said, this is all it's Kenny and it's Callis. It's what what else would you expect from a sort of Kenny Omega storyline, an elite storyline? It is you, you think it's gonna be one thing, which is pretty complex and sophisticated anyway, and they they've thought of four, five, six other layers to add intrigue to it. So, so interesting. And yeah, this pull-apart brawl, the Lucha Bros super kick the Young Bucks in the chaos. So and there were a lot, SCU were down there all of a sudden, a lot of tag teams, a lot of potential trios groups. I think that that's what this is building towards. So you can tell that story of the Bucks and Kenny over an even longer period of time because there's so much to dive into there. Matt Jackson's reluctance last week to do the two sweet, what Kenny did to them there. They are feuding. Like this is, these are not the actions of friends, but the actual violence hasn't bubbled over yet. And I can see, I can see us getting um, Moxley in the Bucks versus Kenny in the Good Brothers, um, whether that's a revolution, whether that is a beach break, but like I can... I, I mean, maybe, maybe Beach Break is too soon to like having the Bucks facing off against Kenny, but mm -hmm. there was just something in this because like Moxley is still gunning after Kenny because he's still gunning for the title, right? So we're, I don't know if you're going to do the rematch or Revolution or, or whatever, but there's there's a lot of possibilities. There's a lot of avenues to go down, and I'm excited for pretty much every single avenue that's available. Yeah, I mean, the one I'm most excited about is Hangman Page, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds beating. Uh, the super elite uh we've just had this from i made stonehenge one of the people in the chat the bucks came out in new gear that was literally different <laughs> shades of gray no they didn't did they really i did not spot that that's incredible perfection uh, after that, we probably got the weakest thing on the show, although I still very much enjoyed it. It was Britt Baker's waking, uh, waiting room segment. Cody Rhodes was the guest. Uh, Britt Baker did a sort of, you know, jokes about Cody having too many feuds and a bad tattoo on his neck. The good kind of shoot jokes. <laughs> Yeah, well, the jokes that made me laugh were that the the go the go big show, go home big show, whatever that that show is called, has got three celebrity guests and a random Cody Rhodes. Don't know how that <laughs> happens. <laughs> and when Cody eventually comes out, she's like, "Just want to give congratulations to you and Brandy on having a kid. That kid will have an action figure before I will." So <laughs> I'm I'm joking, of course, I'm joking. But there were like a lot of lines in there. I thought Brit was really great, and Rebel was really funny in it as well. I think the problem with this, it was like. It was too, the segment was too chaotic and not in a good way. Like the chaos of that pull apart brawl that just happened between Moxley and Omega and the Good Brothers and all that felt like that's the right level of chaotic. Mm. This felt chaotic because they were doing three segments at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So what happened was Britt introduced Jade Cargill. Jade came out and was like, me and Shaq want to know when my first match is going to be. Red Velvet came out to challenge Jade. Cody has not said a word in any of this. A pull-apart brawl happens. And then, so clunkily done. This was this was a pre-edited show, filmed last week, I believe. Yeah, so I think what the intention here is, is that Britt Baker wanted to put up on the screen uh, her attacking Thunder Rosa, right? Like, Because she's there on her phone being like, yeah, play it now, yeah. play it now. And that's what it played. But Thunder Rosa had hacked the feed to cut in a promo of her saying that we're going to have a match at, at beach break like 
sort of on paper it sort of works but yeah i felt this was quite clunky mm, yeah uh but that's that's happening Britt baker did some fun oh tony told me the match wouldn't happen and then the graphic for the match came up and that made baker even more annoyed so yeah sloppy production but um everyone involved was perfectly fine yeah. uh then we got jungle express versus ftr with Jungle Boy's Christmas present from Tony Khan. Sing it with me, but don't because it's a video call and the sync will be all out. Jungle Boy and uh, Jungle Express as a trio have Jurassic Express. Jurassic Express. God. <laughs> I used to do the exact same. Like when AEW first launched, and like they they came together as a team, I kept calling them Jungle Express in videos, and having to do a retake. <laughs> like an editor would go back, and be like you did, you did the Jungle Express thing again. Purse, my cool white boy rap tastes. <laughs> Damn it! Uh, so yeah, Jurassic Express now have that new entrance music. I can't wait for that to be in front of crowds. Mm -hmm. It's everyone's gonna say that's the indie music he used in like PWG and, and places. Uh, so this was for a match. Marco Stunt got lippy last week and challenged FTR and Jungle Boy. So no Luchasaurus out here. Why didn't Luchasaurus come out at ringside anyway if FTR had Tully Blanchard? For podcast listeners, I am shrugging. Um, he's doing the shrugging explain. emoji to explain how Tully Blanchard could do some interference and have no comeuppance for doing so. Mm. I mean, ta tactically, bad move on Jurassic Express's part. Like, yeah. pro probably should have seen probably should have seen this coming. Definitely. Although the, the match itself was very well worked. I thought it would be more of a squash, just destroying Marco's stunt. But they used Marco's small size as sort of the advantage where Jungle Boy could just flip him into Hurricane Rana's and throw him over the top rope using them as a weapon, pretty much. Uh, Dax was particularly good in all of this. But in the end, of course, as they should have done after some Tully interference, FTR won with the big rig. Yeah, which is a lovely little tribute to uh, Brody Lee. I, um, I I get that a lot of people don't like Marco stunts because, you know, he's four foot nothing, is, you know, 150 soaking wet. People just cannot take him seriously as a wrestler and be like, well, it doesn't make any sense that he beats people up. I, this is the match to show and be like, this is why Marco can be great. And this is if you use, if Marco is in a way like, st like structured correctly, this is why those matches are a lot of fun <laughs> to watch. He's not going to be challenging for the, the title in a serious manner, but he can, he's a great character to have on TV if you've got, if you use him in the right way. And I think that they are using him in the right way. And FTR was selling his offense and stuff so beautifully and perfectly and the way that they treated him in the ring and the way they sort of like walked around him was just absolutely perfect i i loved this match so much more than mm. I, I i knew i was going to enjoy it anyway because i really like both teams but yeah man this was this was awesome uh yeah it was really good and and then it got even better like progressively better because after this we get ty conti versus serena deeb now you know conti hasn't impressed me that much when i've seen her wrestle before but, you know, that's because she's very green. She's way at the start of her career. But this match, like, I, I have to imagine a lot of it was deep, but Conti did not 
like slip up in any regard. She she was really really good. A pump her pump kicks looked so good. And you sort of I think she's quite good at the submission based style anyway because she is what like a, she's a black belt in jujitsu, which mm-hmm. is all about the sort of ground grappling. And yeah, that they had a baby face versus baby face match because Dark Order are now full on faces. Anna Jay's at ringside, crucially not cheating. That's the story that's been going on for a couple of months now. Ty doesn't want to cheat, but Anna Jay tries to convince her to cheat in her matches. So at the end, when Ty Conti loses, but valiantly so, and Anna Jay just reaches out her hand and they hold hands through the ropes. I was I was touched. Yeah, this match was I, I, as I read in my notes here, surprisingly great mm-hmm. because I I went into this match with not low expectations because I think you know Serena Deeb is is a really great talent, but like you say, like Ty Conti is you know she is very very green and it's it's a, you'd expect her to be green at this stage of her career. That's look at like Anna Jay, you know she is year one into her wrestling career at, at pretty much. Damn, dude, she was great in this match. She was really great. And like you say, I think Serena Deeb did a lot to make her look awesome in this. thought the submission stuff on the ground was wicked. Yeah. Her pump kick's great. Like, her pump kick's really, really good. I, um, yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed this match. And then Deeb hit the detox for the win. But Tay, Tay Conte looked amazing coming out of this match. Like, really, really good. Yeah. Uh, and you can tell, like, the commentary team were... Like you get, you know, when Jr. gets actually into a match that he wasn't expecting, yeah. Jr. was like, "This is really good." Wrong <laughs> <laughs> quality. Yeah, you go. Uh, oh yeah, and then it was the main event, which we've already covered. Overall, uh, an amazing episode of of Dynamite. I gave it four out of four. I'd probably give it four out of five if there was an extra ranking, because it just wasn't as good as the last six weeks of incredible all time great episodes that this company have done. I love, love, love AEW. You want to talk about a company that is on a hot streak at the moment. Like, I feel like AEW are just on the hottest of hot streaks that they have had, you know, probably since their their launch, their debut back in October on TNT. I think they're on a really, really hot streak of shows. And I think you said on the, the podcast record that we did before this uh, for the intro and outro for the audio version, I look forward to Thursday mornings. I look forward to Thursday mornings and waking up I just know when my alarm goes off, just now I'm like, I can't wait to go and sit and watch AEW for two hours. Because as I know it's going to be really, really great. Even when it's a, a not as great episode, it's still a really solid show. And this was one of those episodes where I was like, oh man, this is why I love this company. Absolutely loved this show. Thought it was brilliant. Uh, well, we're going to get to all of your Omega chats. Get yours in at wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every one of them before the end of the show. But producer, can I please have the debut of the Hall of Fame music? Because we've got our wonderful $25 a month or more pledge hammers from Patreon to honor. Let's see. He sent a message. Is it, has it begun? It's playing. The music's playing. You can go over to Patreon and not just get, It's playing already, Luke. You don't have to Sorry. sing over the top of it. You can go Sorry. to Patreon, WrestleTalk's Patreon, and donate there, where you can get loads of exclusive content and your own wrestling nickname and a shout-out in this very show, like... 
before we before we do those, can we announce what is going to be that bonus content? Taken away. Because uh, recording next week, Ollie and I will be reviewing for Wrestle Talk Extra for our five dollar and above Patreon pledge hammers. Royal Rumble 2010 with the first of the uh, big edge returns and a lovely beard. Uh, a show I'm really, really looking forward to going back and watch because I don't think I've seen it since 2010. Like, it's not a rumble I've gone back and rewatched. So, I'm really looking forward to this. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but thank you to $25 a month or more backers, Tower of London, Nigel Morris. Excellent. Don't, yes. don't, clap. don't clap. This is the whole of it. Oh, Sorry, I do apologize. How do you like them apples, Marcel Jura? Probo Cop. The Shrock Master, Austin Shrock. The Real Boss, Matt Robinson. Michael Jensen Radio. The Monster Among Patreons, Brian Strowman. They drew first blood. Not me, Grace Rambo. Former star athlete, now head coach, Landell Brensom. Have a glass of sherry, Martel J. Simmons. Superkick Partey, Andy Buckley. And for this class of the Hall of Fame Patreon Pledge Hammer shoutouts, Aaron Swain The Rock Johnson. Ah, oh, what a class. You love to see it. You love to it's see great it. Class. Let's get into your Omega chats. Get yours into wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Last call for them, Patrick Cooper. I would love to see Eddie Kingston beat Cage for the FTW belt. I feel that would make the title mean a little more. Jam that jam. Jam that jam. I mean, yeah, the FTW belt is, it's a fun little prop at the moment. But yeah, like you're right, because it's not recognized by uh, the promotion, even though they, they give them fancy graphics. Um, but yeah, Eddie Kingston, what a, what a wonderful choice for the FTW title. Black Adam. I still don't get Darby, man. Brian was whooping his ass for 20 minutes and Darby gets a fluke win. Why am I supposed to care about him as a champion when in every match he gets the personality kicked out of him until he falls into a win? But that's the thing, Adam. He didn't fluke a win. He smartly locked in a hold and pinned him, which is the hold that started this whole feud. I thought it was a, a really, really smart finish. I didn't, I didn't look at this and think like, man, he fluked that win. Like I never any thought thought that Darby didn't look anything other than, you know, he could still win this. I, I agree for this match, but in general, I agree with Black Adam in that Darby should just have some straight up wins, <laughs> you know, where he just wins yeah. not match. The biggest issue for me is that he hasn't defended the title since winning it. Like, this is his first title defense. And he's had that belt for quite some time now. Like, you know, when Cody had the belt, he was defending it left, right, and center. I think we could have had that with Derby, like, you know, just to establish him as champion. So, yeah, so to Black Adam's point, I think that him having some wins might have actually helped a little bit. Uh, we've got a lot 
of Omega Chats I've just seen. So let's speed through these. Matthew McFadden. Next Wednesday, there's a special Brody Jr. birthday match featuring Hangman and the Dark Order. What better feel-good way to have Hangman align himself with the Dark Order if Brody Jr. personally asks Paige to join, and he does so. I mean, I think Paige is joining next week, right? Like, surely he is. I can't wait for them to be an act. And that's a beautiful way to do it, Matthew. Trevor Seivert. We all know Hangman needs to take the title off of Omega, but who should take the title from Hangman? My personal vote is Eddie Kingston. No one deserves it more. Uh, um, I mean, considering how long I want Omega to have the title for, Hangman taking off him is way off in the future. It's like, who knows who's going to get hot, like, you know, in the next 18 months. Goldberg. Trevor Seifert again. Hello, lads. Newer supporter on Patreon. Welcome to the club. Excited to be part of the community. We all know Hangman needs to be the... That's the same question. He said the same one twice. Thank you very much for all the money. <laughs> and then, but yes, uh, yeah, Eddie Kingston would be a great shout, but like Luke said, it's too far in the future. Uh, Westhead90. Kenny Hangman for the title. Straight wrestling to the fantasy booking here. Straight wrestling for 20 minutes. Paige won't stay down. I rate Kenny snaps and hits trio of V-triggers. Paige claws at Kenny to pull himself up, looking at him as if to say, I know my friend is in there. He takes Paige's hands, teasing an embrace. Kenny says, I'm sorry, and hits a vicious standing V-trigger. Doesn't go for the cover. Kenny smirks and heads to the apron in position for a buckshot. He floats over and lands into a gut kick from Paige who sets Kenny up in a one-winged angel. Kenny fights out and hits Paige with his own one-winged angel. Kick out at one. Paige crawls to the ramp apron. Don tells furious Kenny it's okay. He's going to be counted out and the one-winged angel will have beaten him. The count hits seven. Paige kips up. Kenny hears the crowd erupt. Kenny not being dumb, hears the crowd and turns to face the ramp as Paige hits a running start buckshot, takes Kenny's head off. One, two, three. Hangman, you champ. Sorry this was long. Wanted to try and pop Mr. Davis. Haven't got this head up, out of my head for weeks. And did it pop you? I thought it was very good. I like a few of the spots. Um, I particularly like the looking up to him and saying, like, you know, my friend's still in there. Uh, but the first kick out of a one-winged angel maybe shouldn't be at one. Mm. but i liked a lot of the other stuff uh ethan adamson joseph i know everyone wants hangman to dethrone kenny i feel like every super chat has started with that so far i do i do too but i would love a darby allen or jungle boy to dethrone him with a great build it would be awesome great content as always do you know what i'd like to see I'm, I don't know, maybe I'd like to see this because I just have a very fond memories of it. But do you remember when Jericho beat Triple H for the title in 2000? Like an episode of SmackDown because Earl Hebner kind of like, he screwed Triple H out of the title. And then the whole episode was about Earl, like making Earl Hebner give the, the belt back to him. Doing that with like a Derby or a Jungle Boy would yeah. be like that sort of like, oh my God moment where like, oh my God, Jungle Boy just won the title off him, but then they have to give the title back by the end of the show. Uh, yeah. I'm, but maybe I just got a lot of nostalgic love for, for that <laughs> angle. <laughs> I, I I do like that idea, but I also think it's the worst idea I've ever heard. Oh, that, that, that's, and that's exactly what I mean. It's just like in my head, I'm like, oh, that's brilliant because I, that thing I love from 20 years ago. But at the same time, mm -hmm. no, because I want to make it to be champion forever. Uh, James Hanley. I don't think Paige is joining the Dark Order. He was drinking in the scene and he has a history of self-destructive behavior and pushing others away. Oh, that'd be so heartbreaking if he doesn't join, though. A hot tag to you. 
Um, Steve Atkin says on the subject of Jurassic Express FTR, excellent show other than the FTR Jurassic Express match. FTR as great as always, but Marco Stunt has go away heat for me. Low blow into a sympathy interference spot makes no sense. I don't get how I'm supposed to root for a character like that. Yeah, I I, I know what you mean. That is, it's more like he's just... He's he's not like a full-on baby face. Like if it was a white meat, blue-eyed baby face, you can't get away with low blows. I feel like Marco can. But look, if if you don't like Marco, very little is going to persuade you otherwise. Not not everyone's for everyone. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I don't think of him like I think he is like a a pure baby face. He is Marco stunt. He's but like, swearing. He's obnoxious. Yeah, I know. But like, he's also like he does it because it's the move that he needs to do in order to beat the bigger boys is to just kick them in the nuts like that's the advice that some that's a uh, heel and what well, yeah i know but like some uh some uh, uh parents would tell your friend just like you know if a, if a kid comes to you i think I'm pretty sure homer simpson gives this advice if if a bullies come up to you kick them square in the nuts like and that is that's going to drop them really quickly and that's what marco does he's just like i'm being bullied by these guys and they were bullying him in the match so i'm going to kick you in the dick because you're being a knob like I, I i totally get it but like like you say if you do, if you cannot get on board with marco nothing is going to change your mind in the same way that i think there are people who don't like orange cassidy and there's nothing that orange cassidy will do that will change your mind there's, there's just if you don't get it from day one then i don't, I don't think you're ever going to get it and that's fine because not everything's for everyone uh keith kutach says uh, good morning boys can we get a jungle boy theme song mr davis sing along <laughs> uh, also i share your immense enthusiasm for eddie kingston i was there when eddie cut that promo on cody it was glorious his interview with renee young is marvelous hashtag oral sessions i haven't heard that episode yet mm. but I, i've heard it's very good um, uh, i did a jungle boy theme song sing along in the news and on here so hope you're satisfied keith uh sam wall the waiting room was so clarifying the waiting room was overwhelming as there was a lot going on there was cody jade the fight with red velvet the thunder rosa video randomly start playing and finally tarzan boy starts playing for jurassic express to make their entrance yeah i agree uh Rini says hey there you dapper boys hope you're doing well uh this was the fifth ever dynamite show i've ever seen and i'm going to watch it on a weekly basis any specifics i should know about also mr davis hard to kill predictions so i can, <laughs> so I can copy the prediction king have you done your form yet you close your eyes and you just tick yeah i have uh i won't go through them all but i picked i picked the elite to win uh i think i picked sammy callahan to win too because i love him uh, anything you need to know if you're watching on a weekly basis? Yeah, like a fair bit. Um, but AEW are very good, particularly the commentary educating you as you go. So just keep at it. And yeah, just look, look on YouTube for any clips that you're unsure about. Yeah, a, a really easy tactic is that if there's a big feud going on, presume that Cody is involved. <laughs> He probably is somehow. Um, Carol Wands is in the chat to say, Hi, Luke and Ollie. Sorry, I can't watch live down to the job issues. Never apologize for that. Just want to state how fantastic uh, AEW's show was last night. Pay-per-view quality without it being a pay-per-view. Khan really knows what people love about wrestling. Storylines to invest in with payoffs. Jam that jam. Thank you so much, Carol. Um, Alexis Ebdon says, Dynamite was great. However, the thing I'm most invested in is what's happening with the Elite. Was that um, was this week because Nick got hurt or was this the plan all along? Can the Good Brothers compete in AEW long-term if they're going to team with Kenny instead? 
Uh, I think this was the plan all along. And I think, yeah, the Good Brothers and Kenny exist above promotions. They're not AEW, they're not Impact either. So yes, they can. Martial Arts. Hey guys, Lord of the Unique Taste in Waldmeister here. Going to get a shout out for my birthday yesterday. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday, Marcel. Um, wouldn't, uh, would you agree that Layla Hirsch belongs in Team Taz? Yes, I would. Mm. She's Not got a match next week yet. against Nyla Rose. Don't think she's winning that. Uh, New Punk Rants. Uh, hello, guys. Have you seen the Brody Lee drawing I did? I sent it to your Instagram. If not, how should I send it? My wife, uh, his wife loved it, and it might possibly get me some work with AEW. I'd love for you to see it. Oh, that's so cool. Um, yeah, uh, send it to uh, support at wrestletalk.com. I'm actually open. If you take over the chats, I can get it on Instagram sure. on my phone, and I'll load it into the chat. Uh, the Jam one, Ryan B. Jam. Dark Order would be a great choice for the Blood and Guts match, but now I want Belt Collector Kenny to make enough enemies so that match is Super Elite versus Hangman, Mox, Swan, Nick Aldis, and Kota Ibushi, or maybe a Death Triangle member instead of Mox. That is some over-fantasy booking, I think. <laughs> Don't set your expectations for that. You'll be disappointed. That's because that feels a little bit like your Royal Rumble fantasy booking last year. Hey, that was good. Michael <laughs> Dominguez. Um, listen oh, here. Is. That'll make this win. Um, listen here, you AEW bias. All y'all talk about is the Bullet Club reunion. Do you even watch Raw? They have a forceful faction called Retribution. Hashtag marathon, not a sprint. Ha-ha. Uh, Dan H, watching with 20-minute delay, had a tough last few hours and needs some jam that jam time. The show was amazing, and now it's time for some good review, because it's Thursday, and you know what that means. Love you guys. Love you too, Dan. Hope everything's okay. We should probably start the reviews with that, shouldn't we? It's What's Thursday, that? you know what that means. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right, yeah. I, I did that on the Brody show, but yeah, I think we should, yeah, I think we should definitely do it from now on, you're right. JR's doing it to open every dynamite, which mm. I love. James yeah. Hanley, me turning to my wife. Why don't you talk about me the way JR talks about picture in picture? Wife, maybe <laughs> your restaurant quality. Also, it's great to see both of you back. Thank you for being part of my week. Support each other. Jam that jam. I love JR's uh, restaurant quality lovings. Keith Kutach. Yeah. Hey, hey again, guys. I can for sure see Miro as a future TNT champion. Dude is absolute aces. Do you think the FTW Championship will ever get defended as a serious Dynamite mid-card title? It's Thursday. You know what that means. Um, yeah, I don't I, I, I don't think so. I, I don't think it will do, though. But, like, yeah, Miro is a future TNT champion. Absolutely. Um, as an update for New Punk Rants, I cannot see... The, I, I don't know when you sent it, and there's a lot of messages. And if you're not there as New Punk Rants, I have no idea. I've also opened a lot of messages, which our social media manager told us specifically <laughs> not to do. Um, uh, send sorry. it an email to support at wrestletalk.com, and we'll we'll put it up for a future yeah. show. Christopher Jazzcat's got one in. Uh-oh. Inner Circle stuff has low-key been excellent... One day Sammy is going to be a huge baby face. I really enjoyed the Dark Order stuff. I hope Hangman actually joins and they're all friends and have a lovely time from here on out. It should have been Raven. Oh, there yeah. it is. He's not wrong. It <laughs> always should have been Raven. 
Rangers mayhem. I figured that it would be the Good Brothers since Nick Jackson thought he might have broke his leg last week. Uh, the referee uh, has referenced him being the elite on Monday. I was waiting for Swan and Motor City to come out to attack them since Hard to Kill is Saturday. Maybe that was... I know that... You don't know. So this was taped last Thursday. The COVID stuff seems to have affected everyone over the weekend. So, yeah. Mm. Uh, genetic ghost. Kenny absolutely has agency, but as Don was pulling Kenny out, he tried to go back to help the Bucks. Ah, oh, I didn't pick up on that. But Don just kept pulling him back. He sold his soul to get that belt. Don knows the Bucks could pull Kenny out of this as his oldest friends. That's really nice. I didn't I didn't pick up on that because I saw, you know, Kenny was going to the back, but it very much just sort of looked like I need to escape now. But yeah, I didn't notice by him being like, I need to go back and help them. So that's really nice. Genetic ghost again. Just another note. The Bucks gear was camo, just like Mox always wears. So along with it being uh, different shades of grey. I don't know when he's going to ha- when that's going to happen, but I can feel them teaming up. It will be great to see Mox in a three-man team again. Yeah, that, mm. I think that's where this might be going. Uh, Jazzcat's back again. Christopher Jazzcat. I first saw Eddie Kingston when he feuded with Kevin Steens in the 2010s ROH versus Chikara feud. I'm so happy to see him finally get success and recognition. I would love to see him win the title at some point. I badly wanted him to beat Mox for the title. I mean, I saw a few people say that, you know, Eddie Kingston's involvement against John Moxley was the first time they were invested in the AEW World Championship. So, yeah, I think there's there's a lot of magic in Kingston. Uh, Jazzcat, with all the positivity there. Mm-hmm. Like he's got anymore. I think that might be it from Jazzcat. Uh, Patrick Cooper. So when is Cody going to get involved with this Kenny and Buck storyline? Maybe six months down the line. It depends on if Shaq's involved, because maybe like that—that's how he—that's how he does it. Cody will eventually be in all of the feuds. <laughs> Uh, I'll take it from you. Um, Matt Leamy, uh, this sent, was sent in on Tuesday. Um, it was sent just after the stream had finished, but we're not going to let that slide. Uh, Matt said, Orton isn't blind on next week's Raw. We learn that he has a smaller eye underneath the big eye. Ooh. Uh, I mean, we've discovered WWE.com themselves announced that he has got minor burns uh, from that. So he should be fine for Monday. Um, Charles Berg said, let me be clear. I don't eat Hershey's. I agree it's bad cheap chocolate. Cadbury's is better. But it's like saying a hard turd is better than diarrhea. They're both crap. Don't lecture me on taste. Britain conquered the world for spice, yet your food is bland. We invented the chicken tikka masala. Thank you very much. Don't tell us. The, the British Indian uh, curry is a staple. Like That is a flavorsome food. We also invented solid chocolate to, to consume. I went to the Chocolate Museum not too long ago in York and learned about that. That is a great museum. Mm-hmm. Everyone should go. And have you seen uh, Cider Factories? Have you seen where we brew beer? Oh, we know a thing or two about taste. Those uh, niece, Carol and I, a Ger- an American and a German, were trying to figure out English dialects. Can you help us out? What accents do you or Adam, Carol can't work that one out, but she has to work and cannot hyperchat, have? Have wonderful days, boys. S- uh, I mean, I have a non-specific accent because I used to have a Scouse accent because of um, my my family uh, being from Liverpool. But I had it bullied out of me when I was a child, so I learned not to speak with one. And now I just have this non-regional dialect. I say we all speak with, you know, yeah, non-regional dialects mostly, but we do sometimes betray 
in certain words like water water is the correct way i say water uh, and gels gels mm. <laughs> what you said with like an e gels gels gonna see the gels it's uh um, sort of that kent mixed with essex and east end of london i get that because i um i don't say beetroot um like some posh people say it's beetroot beetroot yeah beetroot. computer yeah Absolutely, yeah. So it's a computer, yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, so that, that's my answer. Yeah, there's a Charles Berg again. Uh, I'm not sure if this will be read um, first or second, but I want you both to know that I am deeply offended. You would assume I eat garbage like Hershey's. I still think highly of you two. Unlike British foods, you both have spice and certainly not. Uh, you are both full of spice, certainly not bland. I mean, yeah, it is great. I, I stand by uh, Cadbury's. I think Cadbury's is pretty great, actually. Well, you know, Cadbury's oh. at the end of the day is is owned by a multi-conglomerate. They don't give a crap yeah. about chocolate anymore. Oh. The best chocolate is like Hotel Chocolat, Montezuma, oh, yeah. Chocoloni. That's where the <laughs> adult chocolate's at. People who actually sort of care. Like, what yeah. Cadbury's, Cadbury's don't care about chocolate as a... They, they just care that it makes them money. Like, they're it's not like... Milk. They're they not popular. Exactly. They're not proper chocolatiers. Uh, Green Club. Uh, Corporate Pete is winning the jamble. I'm calling it now. Well, well it's 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 genuinely totally random. Can't <laughs> wait. We we discussed and worked out how it's going to happen. Oh, my God. Oh. It's gonna be so fun. <laughs> like, if you thought that the Survivor Jam stream was chaotic, just you wait. Because we have got it. We've come up with an idea that could be the messiest live stream that anyone will ever try yeah um it will either work or be terrible harrison earl says ollie you should listen to the big moon and Haim if you want some good pop music oh, Haim, I, I really enjoy it. i think they're very nice. Haim, yeah the three sisters fleetwood mac effectively i think they sound like <laughs> they basically to give me a reference i know i need to go back did you listen to the buxton podcast with um joe cornish uh, no, because... I haven't yet. I haven't. Oh, it's really good. Oh, oh, it was really really good. good. Tom Cruise yeah. story update. Oh, I mean, conclusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they have a uh, Adam Buxton writes this uh, writes a song with this um uh, trio, uh, this girl trio. Uh, I can't remember their name. I was wanting to go back and re-listen to it, but it is a song about Joe Cornish. But it's to the tune of um uh, uh one more sleep till Christmas from Muppets Christmas Carol. <laughs> good um marad rajan it says hi luke and ollie thanks for showing me my uh, thanks for showing my cameo video at the Brody lee tribute video just wanted to stop by and say hello thank you so much ollie thank you for butchering my name um glad mr lee called you a piece of s word jk <laughs> luke got my name right yes um new punk rants has donated uh so I, I just say that thank you so much uh marad uh, how, how do i say it um, I just said, I said, Murad Rajan. Murad, Murad. So honestly, you know, it's it a tough time. I, I had a dream about Brody Lee this week. <gasps> oh, did you? Oh, did yeah. you? The, uh, no, we, we wrestled each other in a match. I've got a recurring dream, more of a nightmare, where I'm in a wrestling ring, expected to do an amazing match, and I, I don't know how to wrestle. And then I have to wrestle someone, and it goes awfully. Uh, but yeah, Brody Lee was the person I was wrestling this week. Um, <laughs> but yeah, honestly, that was you know that was a tough week. Uh, I think for everyone, and it was it was so cool that you you had that made. So thank you very much. I, I, I treasure that video. Thank you. It was it was quite lovely seeing your genuine reaction to watching that for the first time. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, it was really, really nice. Sorry if I felt like I was distracted there. I was actually just getting the image that uh, New Punk Rants had done. Um, we did feature it, I found out, in our Instagram stories. Ooh. So, uh, do do Here it comes. There it is. Oh, that is cool. In the Dark Order nice. logo. Yeah, yeah, nice work. Yeah. Very, very nice. Uh, thank you very much for sending that across. Uh, Felcat, is uh, Billie Eilish's bad guy an entrance music? Uh, who would you give it to? <laughs> Razor Ramon. <laughs> Someone act, someone's coming out to... I'm trying to think now. I'm trying to play it through in my head. Because it's kind of... I would... I, I would say you want to give it to um, someone, a British talent, because oh, who's on the British independent scene, because that's how it's going to get over. Yeah. So entrance music get over if they're on the British independent wrestling scene, because the British independent wrestling crowds bloody love an entrance song and they love singing along to it. Yeah, and we love we're, we've got more than just syllab like syllable chants. Na 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 na. Uh 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 uh. No, we sing Spando oh. Ballet to our wrestlers. <laughs> I, <was gonna> say, <laughs> yeah. I can't believe you got me here, Felcat. I'm trying to think of one. But you're right. I want it to be like an indie wrestler. Mm. Who's a bad guy? <laughs> I mean, you don't want to give it to like Rampage or something like that, do you? Like, <laughs> you don't want to give it to him. He is a bad guy, but like, yeah, he's not that kind of bad guy. It's Mr. Davis's entrance music now. That's what it is. Uh, and lastly, Christopher Jazzcat, I'm trying not to be too negative because of my mental health. Well done, you Jazzcat. Very much supportive. And we are just, we are just ribbing, uh, mate. We're, yeah. only, we're only teasing. Um, last week, you guys said that you'd get back to me with your Wrestle Kingdom thoughts. Have you seen it yet? What was your favorite match? Mine was Jay White versus Kota Ibushi. Still haven't seen it all because it's long. Uh, yeah, I think you're probably right. White versus Ibushi was the best match. But um, Cobb versus... Takagi, is that mm-hmm. it? I, yeah. I don't. I, I still haven't seen it. I, that's um, my it, it was on my. Um, it was on my week off, and um, I, yeah, basically, I decided to switch off from all wrestling while I had my week off. So I haven't actually seen anything. Um, so I still need to catch up on it, which will probably take me all year long. That's the end of the chats. I thought I did, before you start. Can I uh, request another? email segment mm-hmm. i want yeah. if, if you think your pub is older than luke but we haven't checked <laughs> we haven't checked the age of the pub i haven't it checked probably is it's the 17th century that's all i can tell you it's been here since the uh, 17th that's old man that's quite old i think england's got old pubs uh the oh, what tyler in i've i found the name of my pub the what tyler in in dartford high street fifth early 15th century it says here Oh man, now, that's well older than my pub. What I want people to do is email it. Do not check. I just want you to to argue your point blindly. You know <laughs> the way arguments used to be before the internet. Yeah, yeah. And it, you just want people people to email in. Actually, do you know what I would like? Just email in about your pub. That's what mm-hmm. I want to hear about. Tell oh, us I'm about your pub. Missing oh, a lot. Really. Um, I, I was going to say as well, I, I did hear you and Pete uh, do a little shoot interview on me while I was away because you said that I don't make any efforts for segues to the <laughs> show itself. <laughs> you just go like, that's enough of that chat. Here's the podcast. 
Yeah. Was that better? Did I did I do better this time around? That yeah, was okay. I mean, I didn't notice it. Like like the mark of a good referee, isn't it? You don't notice they're there. Bryce Remsberg, we don't notice you're there. Stop trying to make yourself part of the story. Anyway, have you got League of Lockdown open? Yes, I do. I very much enjoyed you explaining to Pete uh, what League of Lockdown is because it's it's for us it seems like a normal thing, right? And like the people who listen to this show, it seems like a really normal thing. But then you explain it to an outside perspective where he's like, "Oh no, we're ranking how people's COVID experiences have been." Yeah, I think if you were with the evolution of the segment week after week, it doesn't feel as abhorrent as it would be <laughs> unloaded to you in one contextual lump. Uh, so this one comes in from Noah Fortner. Is he on the list Noah. currently? I can't see a Noah. No, That's he fine. is not. Noah Fortner. Anyway, he says, hello, lads. My name is Noah. I'll keep it brief. I got COVID in May and recovered. My grandmother got COVID, but didn't. I couldn't get a new job due to COVID. Couldn't move out of my parents due to COVID. I had to pick up door dashing due to COVID and money. It's door dashing. I think it's when you run around and you knock on someone's door and run away before they can answer it. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Knock, 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 leg it is what we called. Oh, we in, called it uh, knock down ginger. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, we, it was knock, 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 knock ginger rather than knock down ginger or Wait, knock, knock, leg it. I have no idea. But yeah, door dashing. But he says he's doing it for money. So let's have a look. Maybe it's just transporting things from door to door as opposed to from business to door it's a deliver and driver deliverer right. and driver so, mm. okay that's that uh back to the email Could have done with um, him for the championship yeah <laughs> uh, i got my new job well now you keep retaining it uh there's gonna be no worries for that uh i get my got my new job i'm on schedule to move out in february uh, my girlfriend of two years went into the navy my girlfriend of two years then broke up with me uh, two weeks after getting out of boot camp. I've reconnected with my best friend due to COVID. I started work on my mental health in lockdown, which was way overdue. And therapy has helped me get a lot out of this year, as well as you lads making me smile each and every week. Thanks for all you do. That's from Noah. P.S. Wrestle Talk was my top podcast of 2020, clocking in one and a half weeks of listening time. Well, that's that's remarkable. Obviously, those ones are the best achievements, the ones that elevate our overall plays and downloads uh so just to a lot there was a lot of uh what what's the word we we did a we sort of did this youtube consulting thing recently and they used a word which was such a lovely way to say you're going to get loads of crap right and they said yeah it's going to be turbulent <laughs> <laughs> i was like oh i like that because you get through turbulence otherwise it's a crash yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, we usually when we talk about like we call it backlash mm. and that makes it it doesn't make it sound like a cool pay-per-view anymore. It just makes mm. it sound like people aren't going to like it. But you're right. Calling it turbulence because, like, well, turbulence, I can get through. That's absolutely fine. It's like that idea that words are actually magic spells. So you, you, we've just found a new spell. This situation is no longer backlash. Oh, it's turbulence. Just traveling no, through no. a bumpy bit. There'll be a little bit of turbulence. The lights will come on and tell you to remain in your mm -hmm. seat. So if you need to go to the loo, that might be a bit of a, uh, an issue and you won't be able to get a drink. But broadly, it'll be fine. Stay strapped in, close your eyes. The big expensive consulting firm are going to see you through <laughs> this turbulence. Uh, but that was a long way of saying, sounds like you've had some turbulence during mm -hmm. that lockdown. But great with the better mental health. 
great with the uh, reconnecting with best friend, moving out, new job, listen to loads of podcasts. Making my notes. I would say, I mean, it's... Look, the new benchmark to get into the upper two-thirds of the table is to win two flat-screen TVs in a competition. That is insane. That's a, excuse me, that's a big ask as well. Yeah, that is... That's like... That, yeah, it's, it's crammed at the top now. So... This person became a Patreon. This person got a new job, which so did you. So, oh, no, but Harry joined a band he likes, adopted a bunny. The bunny's got a good name as well. Yeah, Miss Bunny Penny, that's Kate. Uh, Someone had a baby. Oh, God, you're in the bottom 10 now. Uh, (laughs) I would put you, okay, I'm going to put you above Abraham, who listened to 22,471 minutes of the WrestleTalk podcast. And Mm -hmm. I've put in brackets next to that, alleged. (laughs) (laughs) So that puts you one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh from the bottom. But like I said, very competitive. It's it's been a very competitive lockdown. Mm -hmm. It's been a very competitive pandemic. You know, yeah. it's what we've all said, really. Um, I was going to tell you a story about uh, the the lad that came around to like fix some things because I'd point to things and be like, "That's wrong." He'd be like, "That's not anymore." But anyway, he was a proper bloke. He'd be like, "Here is." Sorry, I've done that bit. I've I've lost where we are. Um, I've just seen loads of messages from Rich about music. Um, no one's complaining about the music on the podcast version, so that's a thumbs up. Oh, that's why. Don't worry. That I think these messages are about adding more <laughs> for my for my Patreon shoutouts. That's all we've got time for on this edition of the Wrestle Talk podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with a very, very special edition mm. of the magazine show, which I'm very much looking forward to. And then Pete and Randy will be here on Saturday to do the SmackDown review. Take care, everyone. I love you. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.